Hello everybody, this is David here from the PowerCast Team Powerhouse. We're very excited to have you with us today. I have my friend Michael Christoforo from Guaranteed Rate Affinity. We're very excited to have him on the show here today as he's going to go over many things about mortgages. You're a buyer, you're a seller. What does it mean to have a mortgage broker in the play? What does it mean to be a buyer, needing a mortgage, and what the process is all about? So Perfect. let me just tell you about Michael over here and uh, 30 years in the business, Great guy, and uh, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, I'm excited to be here. Awesome, my friend, I'm very excited to have you here too. So a couple of things about Michael, being 30 years in the business, a lot of knowledge behind you, and with that, you know, I can tell you that you're always available whenever I need you. Thank you very much, I really appreciate it. It's, it's a very demanding job to be available to realtors at all points in time, seven, seven days a week. Seven days a week, nights and weekends, and that's one of the most important things about uh, why to go to a mortgage broker versus going to someone like a bank who's closed on nights and weekends. That's when things happen. And when you're a buyer and you need to get a loan, if you don't have someone, you have their cell phone, cell phone number, not a 1-800 number to call, not an office number to call, but a cell phone number to call him and text him when getting a mortgage and having questions and you're stressed out, you don't understand, this is somebody you want to talk to about this whole process. And I appreciate you always having that, you know, availability. Thank you. I appreciate you calling me on, on weekends and daily. I I'm sure it. you have lots of phone calls coming in all the time uh, from many different agents. Yes, uh, sir. And, uh, you know, what I want to talk about today a little bit with this whole process is the different kind of loans that are out there. Tell me a little more about the kind of loans that a buyer can get. Uh, there's a wide variety of loans that are out there. It really depends on what people are needing. So... Uh, we have first-time homebuyer products out there like Connecticut Housing Finance Authority. What's that? What does that mean? Um, what's it referred to? Like what's, how it's, it's, for, it's, it's a first-time product, which means you can't own a house in the last three years. Okay. Um, so I have done first-time homebuyer products for people in their 60s and 70s. So Is that what they call a chaffa loan? Yes, correct. Chaffa loan. It would be a chaffa loan. And um, in getting a chaffa loan, do you have to have a certain kind of credit score? Uh, you do need to have certain kind of credit scores, absolutely. Um, if you are looking for the down payment piece, which gives you 100% financing, we require a 660 minimum credit score. 660 is not that bad. You should be able to have a 660. Actually, one of the most important things about it is getting credit in your life ahead of time before getting ready to buy a house. Let's jump to that for a second. I think it's a great idea. Um, anything you want to recommend to a buyer or someone who's looking to buy a house in the next year or so, to help them get their credit up. I think the best thing that anyone can do is do a pre-approval as early as possible because that allows us all to look at the credit to see what can we do to improve the credit over the next 12 months or six months yep. so you can actually get a better interest rate and have a better chance of getting approved. So the better... Very good point, Mike. I have to say to you that very often a buyer comes through, um, most of the time people have credit that they don't know how good or bad it is and typically there's things on your credit report that people don't know about and then they find out when they want to buy a house and things go sideways if you will and it's a very good point a year in advance try and get in touch with michael or a mortgage broker that is going to help you to get yourself ready to know more about buying a house based on what kind of job you have how long you've been at your job for how long do you have to be at a job in order to get a mortgage we just look for a two-year work history. You don't have to be at the same job. Please don't think you have to be at the same job. If you changed jobs two months ago, a month ago, you're in the same line of work, that's great. So a two-year history is what we're looking for. And just for the record, 
Self-employed people, I run into that all the time. We're also looking for a two-year history of self-employment. Excuse me. I, I, second job. Second job is what I meant to say. So we're looking for a second job. In order to count that income, we're looking for that, that, you know, we're looking for that history as well. Self-employment people are tougher to get mortgages, though, for the most part, yes, you say, because yes, a lot sir. of times people are not always showing everything, if you will, and uh, it makes it a little more challenging. So know that if you do want to buy a house, right, you need to start showing a little more income. Is that fair and reasonable to say that? Uh, In yes. order to get a mortgage. And if you need to know, well, how much money do I need to show, right? Um, and how much do I want to buy a house for? How much, what town am I looking to buy a house based on what kind of price range I want to be in? These are important questions to kind of get preliminary, excited, and knowledgeable about. And that's why speaking to someone like Michael as a mortgage broker, it's very important to get yourself prepared. Um, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, Mike. I keep cutting you off. I apologize. So different kind of mortgages you have available to you are Chaffa. What else? Uh, we have uh, FHA, very common. Uh, someone that has credit that's a little bit more dinged is usually an avenue that we usually go down for FHA. Um, what kind of credit would you say is an FHA buyer? Minimum for us is 600 is a minimum credit wow, score. Wow, that's pretty reasonable, I would say, for yep. a 600 credit score. Yep. Wow. Yep. And that, well, how much money down on an FHA loan? Um, 3.5% down. 3.5% down. You can put more money down with an FHA loan. Absolutely. And how high of a purchase can you go in New Haven County? Great question. 350-something. Okay. So 357 in New Haven County, and I'm putting him on the spot over here. He's not been prepared for this conversation. No. How about Fairfield County? Uh, it's going to be much higher than that. I would say you're probably in the 500-ish. So very important to know for a New York buyer, you're coming to Connecticut, where do you want to buy? How much money are you putting down? What kind of loan are you going to get? Uh, we also have a VA loan. Tell me yes. more about a VA loan. VA loans are great for um, people that have been in the military. And we love you if you've served our country, so Thank you deserve you. the best. And, and we want to make sure you get everything you need to have. And, and because of that, actually, we waive all lender fees on VA loans throughout 2021. So there's no VA fees, just... What? No, no. fees? No. No So fees. what does that mean? Lender fees. No lender fees. That's so. pretty amazing. That's not common, actually. Uh, I think most people have higher closing costs because of it, right? I mean... Your closing costs are kind yeah. of, you know. Yeah, if you have lender fees, you have lender fees. Uh, you know, we've waived them on all VA as a way to give back to people that have served this country. That is awesome. If you're a military veteran, you definitely want to talk to someone like this guy right here. No lender fees, which means more money in your pocket, less money out of your pocket, and the ability to buy a home. And going to a VA loan, there's no money down on a VA loan, correct? That is correct. But even though you're putting no money down on the VA loan, I want you to understand that in this market today, you still have to have money. You put an offer in a house, you need to show that you've got some moxie in the game, the deposit goes down on that house, but you get it back. Now, are there closing costs for a buyer when they're going to a VA loan or yeah. any kind of buyer? Yes, there are closing costs because closing costs in, entail many, many things. So we need to have eight months taxes for most towns in Connecticut. We need to pay insurance. It has to be paid for the first year, plus reserves, um, plus attorney fees. So, I mean, yes, there are closing costs for sure. Are there any kind of closing cost credits for VA buyers? I'm just curious. Is that a fair question to ask? Um, you mean that we can roll into the loan? Yes. Are you, is this, just for guaranteed rate affinity, do they offer any kind of specials for VA buyers? Not in that respect. However, um, Chaffa does do VA loans as well. Oh, no kidding. And Chaffa will give them money 
as a loan towards down payment and closing, well, not down payment because there is no down payment, but they'll give it to you towards closing costs. More things you want to ask Mike about being a VA buyer, and that's fantastic. They also have the conventional loan. Yep. On a conventional loan, you have many kinds of loans, options, whether it's 3%, 5%, 20%. Uh, how does that change a buyer's process where they're putting in what kind of money? How does that work? Uh, so basically, the more money you put down, the cheaper your payment is going to be. Okay. Also, when you reach 20% down, you don't need to pay PMI. Okay. Um, and if you only put down 10%, we have ways to being able to do a single premium PMI so we can make your payments even cheaper by financing in a single premium to be able to um, save money for you there. Now, we've recently talked about this, Mike and I, over another client's process on this. What's it called? Single premium. Single premium PMI. Single premium. Now, this is something you need to ask Michael in person, on the phone, have him send an email to you, explaining to you what that means. It's pretty detailed. It's pretty cool stuff to help you in this kind of market right now where you have advantages on a buying situation on homes that are right now going bananas. Um, let's talk about not only your availability of seven days a week, and um, which is so important. I, I, let me just start with talking about this. Going to a mortgage broker over a bank. Now, you can go anybody you want to for a mortgage. Banks have mortgages, yada, yada, yada. The person typically sits up with you in a bank is not the person processing that loan. Typically goes out into the middle of the country to Oshkosh, you're calling a 1-800 number, and that's the process you want to go with. You're more than welcome to calling a 1-800 number every time and getting a different person to speak with. That's your prerogative. A lot of old school or people like to go to banks. But I will tell you that when it comes to getting a mortgage today, Having the ability to speak to your lender on a daily is huge for you. Having the ability to ask questions is everything. Because when nights and weekends come around and you don't know what's going on, you have a question, you're stressed out, it's not okay to have a Friday to a Monday with no communication. Mm -hmm. um, with people who want to shop on the weekends, can you imagine making an offer in a house, can't get a hold of your lender, or they give you this pre-approval from them that has a specific dollar amount on it, why would you as a buyer want to show how much you can afford? You want a pre-approval specifically for that amount you're buying that house for. You know, I know, how we can go higher, but we don't want to present all the cards, right? I mean, that's another advantage of having you by our side over here as well. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I write multiple, multiple pre-approvals for people that just constantly put in offers. Right, and, you need, and again, you need different dollar amounts, right? Yep, always different. Um, a pre-approval versus pre-approved, is there a difference? What does that mean? We do offer a product that would allow you to actually get your full approval, which means an, a, a mortgage commitment is going to be a loan that actually is reviewed by an underwriter and they actually put their signature on it where it's actually a an approval where you become a cash buyer subject only to an appraisal on a property. Wow. We can do that. That's pretty amazing. You know, in this market, it's it's really picked up quite a bit because of because uh, of the competitiveness of the market. Gives you tremendous leverage as a buyer in this market to have that ability. What is involved in a buyer getting ready to be approved? What kind of documents do you need from them? Uh, we're going to need. It, it really depends on everyone's credit score and the whole scenario. So for example, on a Chaffa loan, they're going to ask for more than someone that's putting 20% down on a conventional loan. So it's really tough for me to say, we're going to need this, this, and this. But in general, we're definitely going to need one month of pay stubs most of the time. We're going to need bank statements 
for the last two months. We're going to be looking for the um, tax returns probably for the last year or two. Depends. Two, two years on tax returns, right? Depends. Some, on a conventional loan with 20% down, oftentimes the system tells us that we only need one year tax returns. No kidding. That's so that's why it really depends. That's why it's tough for me to give you a definitive one way or the other. So most buyers today are not putting on 20%. Most buyers. Right. But if you can right. put 20% down, you are a ace buyer. You're a top level buyer, obviously. But if you're not, don't be discouraged. Just know what you need to have. Most likely two years WTs, Correct. two years tax returns, yes. definitely your bank statements, and anywhere you're pulling money from, like your 401k, mm -hmm. family is giving you money as a gift, right? Mm -hmm. What does that entail as far as gift goes? Gifts, great question. So it's supposed to be a family member or a, uh, or a close friend, which they could ask you for documentation on that. Okay. But um, we're going to ask for the, the whole process is going to be, it depends on once again, and if it's an FHA loan or a conventional loan. FHA is going to ask for the donor's um, bank, statements. bank statement. Absolutely. You need to know the money's for real. It's not just yep. someone, someone yep. under the mattress. Yep. Right, obviously. Yep. Um, then they're going to be looking for a copy of the, the donor's uh, um, gift letter. Then they're going to be looking for a copy of the check to show the whole, and then the deposit going into your account. So they want to see the whole paper trail. Paper right? trail is everything. So it's yep. very important to be organized, right? Absolutely. How about people who have been renting for years, right? So they've been renting for years and they've been paying cash for rent. And now what happens? They can't show even a paper trail of how their history of them paying the rent is. Right? So is there anything you can recommend, by the way, for they, that? If your credit score is good enough, we really don't need the rental history. So it's really not a big concern for us. Someone that has credit that's marginal, 600, 620, they could be looking for payment shock, which becomes an issue because they went from nothing on the books to now paying $1,200 a month or whatever. So that could become an issue, but in general, we really don't even spend a lot of time looking at the actual, um, the rental verification. Interesting. Would you say it's a better way to pay rent with a check? Uh, yes, it, it never hurt. Right, because we never can show hurt. deductions we, from your account, yes. probably better than using cash for the most part. Yes. Um, obviously, credit score makes a big difference on what kind of, uh, process is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Your credit score is everything in your life. And the funny thing is that we talked about this, my son and I earlier, that when it comes to your credit, you don't learn about credit in school, not in high school, maybe not even in college. And you might have even heard about it from your parents. Your parents might be from not another country altogether who bought a house in cash. Yep. Yep. You need to know about credit, what's, in, what's involved in the credit and how to build credit. Um, can I add something to that? Because Absolutely. Every first-time homebuyer that I sit with, I spend a lot of time talking about the rule of seventy-two. Especially what's the rule of seventy-two. Especially those that have a lot of um, credit card debt and so forth like that. Okay. I just think it's really important that everyone knows it. If you take seventy-two and you divide it by the interest rate that you're paying on that credit card. Can you give me an example? So for let's example, say simple numbers. Let's say it's a twenty percent interest rate. Okay. Twenty goes into seventy-two. Roughly three, times three, three, three and a half, half yeah. whatever. That means you will pay for every, let's just pretend you put $1,000 on that credit card at 20% interest. You will pay $1,000 in interest every three and a half years. Say that one more time. You'll if pay. You will pay if you have a 20% interest rate and, and, it's a, and it goes into 72, three and a half times. Yeah. That means whatever you borrowed is what you will pay in interest every three and a half years. Wow. 
So, and so compare that to a mortgage right now that's at 3% or three and a quarter, and you can see what a great deal it is right now to buy a house right now. Let's talk about rates for a second. You bring this up, and it wasn't part of my conversation in this order specifically, but I'm happy we're talking about it. Rates. How are the rates right now? Rates are phenomenal. They're phenomenal. Great. They're great. Obviously based on credit. Yes. So if your credit is solid, and we're talking solid would be a roughly a 650, well, 660, that, 680, 640, where's, what's I solid? Mean, I mean, solid A plus is, you know, anything over uh, 680. Okay. So, yeah, I'm sorry, 780, excuse me. 780 so, or 780. higher. Okay. 780 or higher should have A1 plus tiered credit. So how does it break down, if you don't mind me asking, because I, I don't know how this works with it. So 780 plus is, you are absolutely perfect. Number yeah. one, a, a, right. a buyer. Right. What's the next level above, below that? Uh, it, then it's all tiered, basically, from there. So it might be a 660 to six, I'm sorry, 760 to 780. Then it might go down, you know. So it's all going to be tiered. But isn't, it's all done automatically. I don't even look at tiers anymore. Isn't there a number like 720, you were pretty rock solid, or somewhere in the sevens? No. I mean, anything in the 700s is is a great rate. Okay. You're just not a plus with right. a with a seven. You know, with a 780. Yeah. You, you'll be an A minus with a you know with a 710. Which is still going to have an excellent credit score. Oh so yeah. Credit scores can run from let's say today for a. What would you say from here to here ballpark? If it's okay, I'm not well, putting on the spot. Our, I'm just our minimum is 600. No, no, I'm, no, I'm saying okay. the credit. Well, not credit score. I apologize. My mistakes. Okay. Here we are live and we're talking about <laughs> things over here. I'm sorry. Rates. What kind of rates are we talking about as far as, uh, are we talking about today 3%? Are we talking about lower, 4%? Where are the rates right uh, now? Right now you're looking at roughly roughly somewhere in the 3 and an eighth range with excellent credit. Really? Excellent and, credit. and if somebody has poor credit, would you say 4s? If... Through high threes? It depends. I mean, I'm often, putting you on the spot right you now. You are putting me on the spot. And this is not something that you're normally supposed to talk about when it comes to rates, but... I'm just want to get a gauge on things so you can have an idea of what this means. Well, I think that's that's a great question. So oftentimes, I don't put people into FHA loans because the PMI is usually more expensive. Okay. Until their credit scores get lower. When their credit scores get lower or higher. When their credit scores get lower. Lower. Then they are still a standard. FHA? FHA, PMI premium, and the interest rates really don't change much. So it's a much better deal for someone with a low credit score to go FHA okay. than if they're a conventional buyer because conventional, it would end up jumping up, conventional would end up jumping up probably into that 4% range if they have a 620, 630 uh, credit score. Gotcha, okay. So if I stick with the FHA, I'm still gonna be in the you know mid threes, so that's and the PMI is cheaper. So it's better to go sometimes with the credit. Listen, here's what it is. Talk to Mike, ask questions. He's gonna explain everything to you, each person's individual. I put him in the spot, don't get mad. Not at all. I'm not supposed to talk about rates and all kind of stuff because a mortgage broker typically can't call and give you a rate without knowing what your credit's like, very 100%. simply. And you need to know what your credit's about and how to get your credit up, and that's the most important thing to talk about over here. All right, done with that part of the conversation I want to ask you about. Um, tell me what a flash close is, because I had never heard of flash close before as a realtor until, boom, one day, buyer's going in and saying to me, I got a flash close. I'm like, flash close? Great question. So Guaranteed Rate has a, uh, pr a product which is called a flash close, and what that means is that 
most of your documentation you're going to be able to sign before you even go sit with the attorney. So it wow. can only be signed the day of the closing. Okay. And they'll give you the documents usually two or three days in advance. So you can actually review them all. And then the day of closing, you can just go through and just click and sign 90% of the documents. We were at a closing and we were in and out, I think in 15 minutes or less. I was, I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, what just happened? And the attorney said to me, they did a flash close. They pre-signed all the documents, boom, boom, boom. You went over everything over them with them in advance. And I'm talking fast as I say it because it was that fast. You went over every piece of document in advance. They came to the closing table with the attorney and in 15 minutes we were done. That was a pretty cool day. As a normal loan has about a stack of documents this big. All right, uh, let's talk about updates. When someone's getting a mortgage and they're going through the buying process, we as agents and the buyer need to know what's going on. How often do we hear from you? Is it daily? Is it weekly? How does the process work with that? Well, first of all, if you called me weekly, uh, you know, if nothing's happening with the file because we're still waiting for documentation to come in, you always can call me. Realtors can call me all the time and I can give them updates to give, can, you know, to help. But you do send emails, I yes. would say weekly, yes. as a matter of fact. Right? Yes, uh, depending on where we are in the process of the file, we do have a system that's automatically in place so that um, as the loan moves through, as an appraisal is ordered or as we get a, um, a clear to close during the process, I always, you know, send out the appraisal to the realtor and to the clients to make sure everybody knows what's going on with the value. So yeah, we always keep in touch. When we write up an offer, we write dates on a contract. We always say dates on a contract are just target dates. Why is that? Because the mortgage process can be very exciting. What I mean by that, it can go much longer than expected. There could be a holiday in the middle or you might, as a buyer, not get documents to the lender as quickly as possible. You as a buyer's responsibility is to make sure that lender has everything they need every time they ask for it. So if your lender goes, hey, listen, I need this document here, and you wait two or three days to get this document to your lender, that process alone just got exaggerated by a week, at least. Your job as a buyer is to be on top of it, get it to yep. Michael, yep. and this way the process can be much smoother. The commitment date, though, what does it mean by having a commitment on a loan? What does that mean Commitment exactly? is when a file is submitted, when we had enough documentation to submit the file into an underwriter, and an underwriter reviews the file and approves it, puts their John Hancock signature right on it, and that is when you are officially approved to buy that property, subject to final conditions. A buyer does everything they need to do. A buyer gets all the documentations, they are a rock star buyer, they're listening, they're talking, they're producing documents. What's an average timeline for a purchase of a home? What's the average time to, from beginning to end? Typically, if it's not, it doesn't need to be a rush deal. 45 days is very comfortable okay. for everybody. But if somebody needs a 30-day closing, we certainly can make that happen. I've seen that happen before. 30-day closing is a lot of pressure on the lender, but it's more pressure on you as the buyer because you need to make sure you're on point every which way possible. So make sure as a buyer that you are producing the documents you need to do if you want to close quicker. Um, when buying a house, you get a loan estimate. What is a loan estimate? Loan estimate is something that every lender needs to provide to, to a client when a, when, a, when a transaction comes together and that is actually going to have all the closing costs and everything pretty darn close to where things could be. They really can't get worse. Once a loan estimate is issued, um, lender fees can't change on any of that stuff. I mean, obviously certain things can change that are not related 
to something that we can um, control, but in general, any lender fees, those are all gonna be locked in at that point in time. So they know what their rate is, they know now they've got approved by the bank for a loan? Is that that point of no, commitment? No, no, no. Okay. that's something that's given within the first three days of mortgage application going live. So you're saying to me that for someone, explain that to me a little more. So once we have your contract in our hands, that's when a deal becomes live. So if I pre-approved your client, that's one thing. But yep. once a contract comes in, we then trigger the file and make it live which means we now have three days to issue documents to you, the buyer, Yep. Um, and that loan estimate will be one of those documents that needs to be in there. And the loan estimate basically tells you what's involved financially? It's completely telling you, yes, what you're gonna need, you know, what the total closing costs are and all that based on the scenario of what we're putting together. Closing costs, again, talking about closing costs, I love that you brought that back up. The closing costs are most important to know when you're buying a house, how much money you need to make the deal work. Um, it's so important to be involved financially from the beginning to know what your deposit is, what your closing costs are, make sure all the money you're getting is in the right place so that we go to close, we're not looking for it, right? Right. Obviously. Right. Um, dealing with many lenders, it's in, uh, something to ask you about uh, points. What are points on a loan? Why would a buyer want points in a loan? I, a lot of times people will call up and say, oh, I spoke to so-and-so company, a lot of times online, or a bank, and they'll tell them that they got this rate here, and it's a rate that sounds so bananas when I hear the number that I'm like, is that really possible? Mm -hmm. And then I find out later on when you speak to them, they've included points. They're paying points for this rate, right. and the buyer has no idea what that means. So what are points exactly? So a point equals 1% of the loan amount. Okay. And what that does is you're actually buying your interest rate down by paying points most of the time. So basically, on a $100,000 mortgage, you're yep. paying $1,000 uh, on a one-point deal in order to be able to get a lower interest rate than a no-point product. And how much lower interest rate can you get for one point? Uh, it could be, could be a quarter of a percent. Okay, so depending if you want to pay points or not, depends on the kind of rate you may be getting. How much money you have, obviously, is important right. to know. And does a buyer typically pay points on a mortgage that they typically want to? No, you, I would say probably 80% of my business is no point product right now. There are certain situations where paying a little bit can get you such a good value that it really depends on where it is. But that's what's happening with the market is sometimes it makes sense to pay a little bit of points in order to get a much lower rate. So long-term, it's just a valuable thing. Also, investment properties, they're pretty much going to probably be with points because just the pricing and the way it works. So right. investment properties are totally different. A different kind of animal. Uh, let's see. Um, so we talked about advantages of points, why people are buying, why people are getting points on a mortgage, what, why would they would want to, but more importantly for you as a buyer to know what that means. When you hear somebody give you a rate, when you see online somebody talking about rates and why the rate is so low, let a red flag go up. Let yourself say, you know what? It sounds too good to be true. Let me speak to a mortgage professional. Somebody can get on the phone, call, not a 1-800 number to call to find information out. Someone you can talk to that has a cell number available to you. It's available seven days a week nights and weekends, and have an experience of buying a house that is gonna be like nothing else. Mike, you've been amazing.
Your information is phenomenal. 30 years in the mortgage business. And it's impressive to have a chance to speak with you naturally and for the people to listen to you and to know what it is to buy a house and how important the process is and to get ready for that process in advance. Getting qualified, being approved, getting credit, learning about credit. Don't wait. Start now. Pick up the phone. Let us know. And one more thing, I just want to go back to the podcast. So if you're watching us, hopefully you're watching us on our YouTube station. Um, And it's important to know that on our YouTube station, on the PowerCast for Team Powerhouse, that we're going to be doing a raffle with this beautiful tumbler that Heather Knotts makes for us over here. And I'm going to buy that for you, put your name on it, send it to your house. But here's what I need you to do. On YouTube, share with us your information. I need your name. I need to know who you are so I can get this over to you. Please go to our email address for our team. It's at Team Powerhouse Sells, S-E-L-L-S, at Outlook.com. That makes our life easier, of course. Once we pick your name, we're going to announce your name on the YouTube channel over here, talking about how you won this beautiful Tumblr. Um, thank you again for joining us. We are excited to see you here every week. There are so many things to talk about in real estate, and there's so many questions you have had asking me every day. I want to thank Michael again very much for thank you, joining Dave. me, my friend. Thank you. Uh, it's been great to have you, and I'll see you next week, and hopefully with something very exciting to share with you that you want to hear about. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope that was good. <laughs>